afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another session of Career Talks. As always, I am your excited and privileged uh, host, Orlando Haynes. Um, and week after week, I'm telling you folks, if you're not into podcasting or doing live streams, do whatever you can to get yourself positioned in this uh, in this space because you get to meet such amazing individuals. And this young lady who I spoke with, uh, it's been a couple of years when we first connect. And just throughout the years, we stayed connected. She talked to me about her business and what she does. And I just felt like this is definitely something that needs to be shared, especially now that uh, half the country, if not known exact percentage of people are still working virtual for organizations who may be struggling uh, with their employees in a virtual space. How do we you know, get them engaged in events or on a just on a bigger scale? How can we make these um, you know, these events a little more exciting. And I have the guru. I'm going to give her that title. <laughs> uh, I have Miss Ella Glasgow, who is the CEO and producer of Beyond Virtual Events. And she has a trademark, um, I would say, program called Encore. So I would love for her to come on, share her, her background a little bit more, and we can dive into this exciting conversation. So Miss Ella Glasgow. Hello. Hey, how are you? Oh my gosh, we are finally here. <laughs> this is, we were just talking offline. This is taking so long. So long. <laughs> so long, but it is right on time. Oh so my I'm gosh, I'm excited. excited. Yeah, super excited <laughs> that we can do it. All right, so share with some folks more about who you are, your background, because um, you have a, a unique background um, that led you into this space. So share with the folks who you are. Well, my name is Ella Glasgow, and currently I am a virtual event producer and corporate meeting planners hire me to give what I like to call the hair regrowth plan. Um, <laughs> basically, we are helping them to um, design, manage, and produce their virtual events and meetings so that they can get back to doing what they are really skilled at while we handle all of the rest of it and making those meetings or events incredibly engaging and valuable to the people that they are creating those events for. Love it. Love it. So folks that are joining the live or may catch the replay, you can also catch this on YouTube. Uh, at Career Talks, as well as uh, Apple Podcasts at Career Talks. So have any questions regarding, uh, you know, how to spice up your virtual event, you'll definitely want to tune in, take notes. And again, if you're catching the replay, you have questions for Ella, please put those in, tag her, and she'll be more than welcome to have a conversation with uh, you fine folks there who may need some assistance. So um, what got you into you know, this space, what, what's your background? Cause it's, it's entertainment and I'm leading into <laughs> what I already know, but what got you into, you know, doing virtual events? Um, well, what started me was actually doing a birthday party for my son. So when the pandemic hit last year, uh, we were all kind of wondering what was going to be going on. And we had just passed out invitations for my son's fifth birthday. It was going to be the first party that he was going to ever have that he actually knew who the people were that were invited. You know what I'm talking about? 
your kids' mm. birthday parties are typically filled with your friends. So, <laughs> so, so this was his first real birthday party. And when all this went down, I refused to cancel it. So I said to my husband, what are we going to do? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> and I said, what if we did it online? And he said, that's weird. <laughs> and I said, okay, I just kind of kept it to myself. I had these master plans of world domination. And um, he, he's been with me long enough to know that I always have some crazy idea up my sleeve. I am an entrepreneur after all. That's my major mode of operation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to find out as much as I could. And immediately when I found out that his school was going to close, I built a website that weekend. and was in my network group on Monday. And said last week I was asking for coaching clients and music gigs. And today I'm presenting you with online birthday parties for children. <laughs> <laughs> so in a matter of three days, four days, you launched. Yes. Insane. Yes. Insane. That's yes. speed to market. And that that came out of the fact that I've been building websites for years. I've been working with years. Um, I've been an entertainer for years. That didn't that wasn't for me um, to be able to do. So that was a really quick and easy turnaround for me. Um, but it wasn't very long after I started that. They were all excited, but they were asking, what can you do for businesses? And I said, I give me a second. Let me fulfill. The, let me make sure that my son is cool and the other little children of the world are cool first. <laughs> and uh, then I'll come back to you. So I took about two months to really settle into what I was doing and see where that gap was that I could fill for businesses. Because I, I decided if I was going to do things for businesses, it needed to be off the chain, like high level amazingness, because um, I didn't want to bring anything, uh, anything half crazy to people. And the minute that I finally figured that out, um, I was off to the races and we have been booked out ever since that was the first business event that we did was in in april or may of last year wow and we have not stopped wow <laughs> wow so let, let me take let me take everyone back a bit so but your background is is really because you have a very animated personality right very extrovert um tell us about your your entertainment background? Well, I have been an entertainer, a professional entertainer for over 20 years. And um, I have been on stages around the world and in different shows. Uh, I worked for Disney. That was my first huge company that I worked for <laughs> um, on Disney Cruise Line. And mm -hmm. it's heavily a part of the background of my company. Uh, because half of my team are all um, are also Disney employees still. So <laughs> wow. and um, and it was really great because during the pandemic, you know, they were Disney uh, employees were furloughed. So it was it was a really saving grace when I called them to ask, hey, are you free? And do you want to get on a crazy train with me? <laughs> Well, I mean, coming from Disney, I mean, what, was the transition that that different? <laughs> it was not. It was yeah. it, it. It. Um. I was really um purposeful 
in finding those particular friends because um, the the fact of the matter was was that the people that I called we actually had been doing live events together for the past eight years mm-hmm. and that event was at Disney World where there were ten thousand people that were brought to the park for that particular event. Um, I wasn't the organizer of that event. I was the MC for that event for eight years and my my team members were the uh, AV team and the DJ. And I said, look, I don't think our 10,000 person event is happening. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, y'all want to come with me for a second? (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) And so so we did. And, um, And we've been rocking and rolling ever since. I mean that the, the the backstory is so cool because I would think it requires that type of personality to do what you do to to go in and say hey I can explode your virtual event like no other you have to come from a space where this high energy customer service driven you know focused on delivering uh, this high level of of fun had to really come into play yeah yeah and we. We believe that when it comes to um, the event space, the virtual event space, that regardless of the type of event that it is, adults just want to have fun. They just want to have fun. Even if it's a learning event, if it's a if it's a boring event about government and all of the protocols. I'm saying that because we did that event last year. Even if it's boring (laughs) material or what would be considered boring material, Mm -hmm. there's still an element of fun that can be happening with that material. It doesn't have to stay dry. We did an event in February for uh, Chicago State University, their STEM conference. Mm. And they actually said to us, this had the potential to be so boring. (laughs) And it was a two-day event. It was a two-day event. We helped them transform that event from what they had seen in the past because they didn't like what they had seen from other universities doing their events, uh, doing other STEM conferences. And we really made it something that by the end of the first night or the before, before the end of the first night, um, the, they were asking, can, can you please announce to have more people invite other people to this event? Because nobody's going to believe that this happened because nothing like this has been done. (laughs) So let's get into some, some, if you can share, like, what are some of the things that you're you're going into a corporation, regardless of the industry saying, okay, um, here's the first conversation. What are you telling, telling them that you can do? What are some of the things that you're bringing to the table? What does that look like? So we are really a one-stop shop. And we help them to understand that first um, so that they don't have to go and hire an MC to to, um, you know, maybe curate music for their event and really create that that type of environment that moves the energy along. They don't have to go and hire a host to help facilitate interviewings and panel sessions and transitions from one talk or one segment of the event to the next. We are helping them create their landing pages so that they have Mm -hmm. a compelling uh, 
a compelling place to invite their attendees to become a part of the event because that's something that often gets overlooked. People throw up an event bright and wonder why nobody shows up. <laughs> you haven't compelled me. You haven't given me any reason. <laughs> In fact, I'm thinking about um, uh, a client that we worked with last year and they said, uh, I said, no, they said, nobody's coming, nobody's signing up and registering for this event. And I said, what have you, what have you done? Let me see your, your landing page. And they had a typical lead generation page being all it asked for was a first name, last name, and it was the name of the event. That was no it. Graphics, nothing. It was a graphic. There oh, was a, okay. a, 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 a simple picture that really had nothing to do with the event. Got it. it just said the name of the event. And the, the mistake was, is that they assumed that because they've been doing that event in person for years, that the audience would just automatically show up. No, you have to give your audience no matter. You can't take for granted your audience ever. So it, it do you offer a la carte pieces to it or is it, hey, this is the package deal. You guys don't worry about anything. You hire me and my organization, you know, beyond virtual events, and we'll take care from A to Z. We'll coordinate with you, but we got it. We know how to bring people to the table um, and make it fun from, from the visual all the way through the end of the event. So we do sometimes work a la carte. It really depends on, on the organization and what their needs are. So for instance, right now, we're working with um, the Better Business Bureau. And last year, we actually mm -hmm. did do their entire everything, the landing page, the, the, the registration page, all of the graphics and video creation, all these things we did for them last year, along with producing and managing the event. But this year, they've got some different uh, pieces in place. So they're working through their own web designer at this point. They're working through, um, so they're creating their own landing page. And we're not doing that aspect of it for them. That being said, I know that uh, there's a little bit of frustration with how that's working because they can't just reach out to me like they did last year and say, actually, can we work on, can we tweak this? Because there's a, a protocol that's gone through. You know what I'm talking about. So they're like, yeah. <laughs> It's getting done, but we can't just call you like we did last year and ask for a change. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but um, but they they came back to us because they were going to attempt to do it by themselves uh, mm -hmm. this year, and they were told that's cool so long as it looks professional. Mm -hmm. And with that, they're like, "Yeah, we need to call Ella." <laughs> so, are you finding as as you go deeper um and because you you just rattled off a, a wide spectrum of different businesses right so i mean the better business bureau that's like basically going to the federal reserves or like you talking about <laughs> top of the end boring that just sounds so so boring like they could not have a party um well, I should say I'll be specific. It was it's actually the women's division of a particular okay. of, of uh, a particular county. So it's their yeah, women yeah. in business uh, division. So okay, yeah. duly noted. Duly noted. Got it. <laughs> so, are you finding that certain industries um, may be more of a niche for you, or may struggle more as you're as you're searching uh, and continuing your partnerships with different companies? Um. I will say that there's not a particular 
niche of company that we are working with. We're literally, hi, Debra. <laughs> there we're literally, um, people just come to us with, with the need and there's not, we haven't yet hit that place where like, these are the people that we always work with, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so what I am finding, uh, is that, um, uh, many times uh, people underestimate how much how much work goes into creating the virtual event. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's there's still a stigma around it that it's something that you just kind of can throw together and uh, tell people about it two days before and then wonder why they're not showing up. Um, <clears throat> not that you have to take a super long time. Um, to put the event together and not that you need months and months to let people know about it. it really depends on the type of event that you're having, but the real crux of it is the people that you're wanting to have actually be a part of your event as in on stage. And I find oftentimes that companies can, will wait until the last minute and then wonder why it's frustrating because their speakers are not wanting to adhere to the timeline you haven't given them time to get it into their calendar. And then I have to be the bad guy and say, sorry, it's not negotiable. You have to be at rehearsal. You better work it out because <laughs> I told them three months ago that they should have talked to you, but. <laughs> so you're coordinating speakers. If the, if the company's having uh, a keynote or something as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We, we had, this event that we did that I told you we're doing a repeat of them uh, with the Better Business Bureau, they had 30 speakers that we coordinated last year. I'm not quite sure how many we're having this year. I think it might be 15. Um, but yeah, we are coordinating all of those speakers, making sure that everybody's getting to their right places, understanding how to present themselves online. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm feeling bad right now because I'm watching it on your screen and I'm seeing that my video is not showing up clearly. And I know that has to do with the storm. So I'm just going to apologize for the Lord. storm being crazy <laughs> <laughs> because I'm really adamant about clear pictures. But anyway, <laughs> you're storming all over. You're um, going press through. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, that, that is, that is something we definitely take care of and making sure that the speakers, regardless of how many times they've been, uh, speaking in person or online, we find that there is always something that they can level up on. Always. Because it's really not about, it's not about their, their skill and the, and the level of skill that they have. And I know as somebody who gets asked, thank you, Debra, as somebody who gets asked to show up to rehearsals as a performer, I know sometimes it can kind of hurt to your core when they're like, we need to do these checks and, and you feel like you're being personally attacked. Like, who do you think, like, I've been doing this for like a hundred years. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, is that it's not about you as the speaker, it really is about the entire show. And we wanna make sure that the entire show is up-leveled, not just your section. Wow, so that's that's probably a, one of the toughest piece is to make sure, as a, especially if they're, if they're the keynote, right? Mm -hmm. And they're thinking, this is my time to shine and deliver. And it's like, well, well this needs to be a collective collaboration that we're delivering to the audience. Um, right. 
So that's that's powerful. What what's your ideal client? What does that look like? An ideal client. Um, I'm actually going to. I'm looking at a client that we we had our first uh, strategy session today. Mm-hmm. And this particular client, she she is a repeat from last year, but now with a new organization. <laughs> oh. So we did an event for her last year, and then she called me to do this new event for her mm-hmm. uh, for another women's organization. We did it for a government organization last year, and this year she's doing a, a women's event. And um, I love working with her because she is very... Um, respectful. We have a a great rapport with really understanding where each other comes from. She's an event planner herself. Mm. So she understands what it is that I'm talking about. Not that I have to always have an event planner to work with, but um, she loves hearing what what it is that we can do to help her up level the event. And uh, a client that doesn't stay stuck in what they know and is willing to ask me questions come to the table with some ideas and ask questions and let us expound together and let me show you what's possible. Right. Cause she understands the logistics, the behind the scenes moving parts mm-hmm. that has to get done. Yeah. My, my wife used to do um, event planning as well. So she would fully grasp you two would hit it off. <laughs> <laughs> you would do absolutely hit it off. But so, uh, so with, with that, what you know ask the reverse the reverse question what's what's the client that you're like hmm this is gonna be this is gonna be difficult um a client that won't budge on um in fact i i had a client i've i've turned down a few people um one the first one i can think of in particular the client i was getting that energy you know when you get an energy from somebody mm-hmm. like on a first meeting and you can it, you're already you're already fighting <laughs> they were forced to do it, so they they give me right. that resistance right off the back. Right, okay. and and this particular client wanted an up leveled event, and it would have been it would have been probably a real game changer for us mm. in terms of visibility. Mm. But they had already done a virtual event, and they had some really high level people at this event that they did, and did not know that there was Tony Robbins level of virtual event, which is what we do. And if you haven't seen Tony Robbins virtual event, his UPW event, um, I, I learned from those people that produced that event. <laughs> so on a smaller scale, obviously, is how we do it and fully remote, um, not in a studio. But that's what we do for our clients. And this particular um, person was really stuck on the way that basically is just a live stream and we don't have any face-to-face interaction mm-hmm. and, and I'm just not for that. Right. So I told her, I said, you know, we're probably not the best fit for you. You're because she wasn't open to any ideas of doing it any other way. And maybe we would have come to the conclusion that the way that they done it before, once I understood more of what was happening with the event, would maybe it would have made sense to include that piece of the puzzle. Right. But she came to me because she wanted something different. If you want something different, this is what's different. But yeah, I will. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not opposed to saying we're just not the right fit for you. Got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, what what are clients? What should they expect? Um, 
when they're hiring you and your team to change their events? Like what platform, um, what types of, you know, exciting things can they expect if you can share some of your trade secrets just a little bit, just us. Yeah. So <laughs> platform wise, there are a couple that we have in our, in our back pocket. Now, typically we're using zoom mm -hmm. as a platform, which I know a lot of people are like, Oh, it's security. But there are a lot of things that, um, when you dig under the hood of Zoom and you use the right account and actually turn on the things in the account and do simple things like, I don't know, not sending out the Zoom link to people. <laughs> um, so that's a little trade secret. There's a way that we get that link to people so that it's not just like out in the open for, for people to just get on. And there are several other things that we do to keep things secure inside of a Zoom meeting. And remember, we're dealing, I'm dealing a lot with government event or government uh, uh, corporations. So they're cool with Zoom. <laughs> right. High level of security. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but we have other platforms now. Um, I did a lot of research to finding platforms that would still allow us to have that face-to-face -face interaction. Mm -hmm. And depending on the client's event and what the client needs, then we make that decision of what's going to be the best platform for them. And it may not even be one of the three that we have in our pocket. It may be something completely different. It may be something like a swap card. Hey, Juanita. It may be something like a swap card or the cement technologies or something like that, that really just gives you that um, kind of talk at you event as opposed to the truly interactive event. Um, so when I say talk at you, this is more, this format is more of a talk at you event, even though we can see Juanita and you can pull them up onto the screen to see their, their comments and we can react to them. Mm -hmm. um, there's another level that face to face that makes it feel more like an in-person event. Got it. Got it. So what are, <clears throat> You know, I'm gonna ask you for like specifics, maybe one or two, one or two things that that's changing the game for corporations when they're doing this virtual event. So, if I was the uh, the moderator or the speaker uh, for an event, what are some spices that you're adding? What is it a background thing? Is it music? Is it how are you getting those folks engaged? Um, that makes it worthwhile. Yeah, so it's all in none of those. So I tell people, you know, if somebody comes to us and they want the full package, when I say the full package, that's broadcast graphics, that's music, that's DJ live, that's Ella hosting your, um, all of the sections of the event. That's, that's all of that, that the, that's icing on the cake. We can run events that feel just as spicy without any of that. And we've done it because not every client can afford icing on the cake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So We've done it completely stripped away and not even just afford every event doesn't need icing on the cake. <clears throat> Some events just need that foundation. We start from the foundation. It's the it's the foundation, which is our encore method that actually makes the event pop and paying specific attention to what we do in those pieces of the encore method where we are making engagement with the with your audience purposeful. This is something that I find gets lost in many events that they put engagement in just for the sake of engagement. Somebody told me that engagement means I got to throw a poll in. And that's not true. 
<laughs> and I'm going yeah. to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example. So we did an event last year, um, a government organization, and the speaker was told to put a poll into her talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she put a poll into her talk. The poll had nothing to do with her talk. She put it in because she was told to. So she was like, okay, because they were like, make it fun, do something fun. And so that's what she did. Her poll had to do with basketball. What they were talking about had nothing to do with basketball. And even if she did have a poll about basketball, she didn't use it as a way to weave into what she was talking about because she could have talked about anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can talk about government and basketball if yeah. you understand how to weave those things together and make it go where you're trying to go. I'm talking about basketball stats and asking you about your favorite basketball team, because when I'm thinking about teams and who are my favorite, you know, this particular team in the government is my favorite. Right. Right. But that didn't happen. (laughs) Just some arbitrary (laughs) question. Yeah. You have to be purposeful. Any form of engagement, which is a word that gets thrown around, and I haven't yet figured out another word for it, so we're going to keep using it. But whatever form of engagement you're using needs to have a purpose, and it doesn't need to be just thrown in there just because you think you need to have a poll or the chat box or a dance party or whatever it may be that you feel is a form of engagement. You have to have a reason for it to happen. So you're you're definitely about... The delivering an experience, not, um, yeah, just not, it, it has to feel, you can make it feel like it's a live event, um, right. which, is, which is hard to do virtually, but you're obviously doing it successfully. So um, what's the feedback from, you know, from the companies and from the attendees that you've been getting so far? And then I have a follow-up question in terms of clients. Yeah, the feedback is that they are so surprised with, they trusted us, obviously, to do these events for them, but they're really surprised with how long audience members stay. So we have uh, about an 83% retention rate for our events. Yeah. And that's events over three days. And one of those events was one day, but it was 12 hours long. It wasn't a Tony Robbins event. It was a coach's event. I don't, I don't suggest anybody do a 12 hour event. And uh, if she had her druthers, she would have gone back and listened to me and turned it into a two day event. <laughs> wow. But we literally had up until the time that she made her offer, which is where I expected people to drop off that happened at Five o'clock around around four fifty five o'clock in the evening we started at about nine or ten o'clock in the morning. We had a hundred percent retention rate until that moment. That's you don't you barely get that live unless it's a Tony Roberts type you know speaker. Yeah, we don't, play, we don't play around. That's <laughs> huge. That's huge. Wow. All right. So the follow up question is: You mentioned government um, a few times. Uh, so are you starting to build a knit uh, a niche in that space without without, without intentionally word of mouth and referral and yeah it kind of kind of seems to be that way doesn't mm-hmm. it <laughs> wow. um yeah, i i guess we kind of are that's kind of the level that we've we've played at the first um 
the first big event that we did last year when we were still getting our feet wet, the very first event that we did as a team was actually a hybrid event for a bank. Mm. <laughs> and uh, we definitely will do things differently this year than how we did that hybrid event last year. Coming up, but, um, but yeah, the better business bureau event actually came out of that, that bank event. So, and we did that one completely differently than what, how we did the bank event. So, <laughs> so share with us some of, some of the benefits companies should expect um, when, when they're thinking about, you know, doing a hiring event, no, excuse me, hiring event, a, a live event virtually though, um, with someone like, you know, your company, what, what, what should they expect? What should be their expectation of outcome or, or you, and let me rephrase it. Are you talking through that with them to say, okay, what are you expecting? Um, what type of event is, is this a conference? Is it a teaching type of event? What are those conversations like? Yeah. So first I'm going to find out exactly what you just asked. What, are, what type of event is it? Mm -hmm. And um, once we know what type of event it is, we're going to be working backwards from the goal. What is the end goal of your event? What do you expect to happen once the event is all said and done? People have gone home. What have they gone, gone home with? Because everything that we do from the moment we turn on that landing page to the moment we say goodbye needs to lead to that goal. And uh, so that's the first thing that we're going to talk about. You can also expect um, a high retention rate when you work with us because of the way that we're strategically putting all of those pieces together. And that comes from my years of being on the stage and under and being a part of shows and and being somebody who's been inquisitive about how shows go together and studying how shows go together because it's a show in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> there are highs, middles, and lows, and there are reasons why that stick to happens. There are reasons why people will sit for hours and hours mm -hmm. watching a YouTube video, right? That they can't even talk to. That's a good point. That's a good point. Imagine how much, how much more, and, and even think about this in in a live event situation, how often do you have an opportunity to really, really get into the nitty gritty with the person on the stage or, um, or with the people that are there with you in the event? Because if you have 500 people in the room, you, Questions that you may have are probably not going to be answered if they even have a Q&A time at an in-person event, right? Mm -hmm. right? And oftentimes we're having those things because we're creating that intimate feeling, even if there are 500 plus people in the room, you still get that intimate feeling because that's the nature of virtual. It's it, I feel like it's kind of like a cabaret stage. <laughs> it's an intimate feeling, even though we're making it very splashy, if that's what a client wants. <laughs> right. But it's that intimate feeling that you get in a cabaret theater where you feel like you're so close and personal and you feel like the the person on stage actually sees you. Mm -hmm. Everyone is sitting in the front row. 
Got if it. you're at a virtual event that we're running. Got it. I love that. That's 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 a cool tagline. <laughs> so um, when it comes to it's it's a two part question. I, I tend to do that a lot because of my background in, in, in recruiting. But yeah, do you have say or um, in selecting a speaker? So is there a model that you're working on where you'd be like, hey, I have I'm building up this this uh, network of speakers as well that may tie into an event that you can suggest or like, Hey, you're putting on this virtual event. I know that an incredible speaker will be great or, or your clients always coming with that pretty much in hand. They're usually or, coming with that in hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, we will suggest entertainment because that's our forte. Mm-hmm. So I can tell them because I have vetted um, entertainers to make sure that they really are ready for the virtual stage. Not every entertainer has their setup in the way that I'm going to be mm-hmm. happy with them presenting. Um, so, uh, so yeah, on the entertainment side, we, we will handle that for you. But on the speaker side, most of the time they're coming with, with those already in place. Got it. And, and how much conversations are you having with those speakers? Because right post COVID or pre COVID rather, face to face. So yeah. a lot of speakers that are well known in, in corporate in the corporate arena have forced pivoted into this virtual space and still may struggle a bit. They're like, I'm not sure. Camera should it be three inches above my head? What does that look like? My background? Or are you having conversations with the speakers and asking them, Hey, have you done virtual before? Um, do you know what to expect? Are you good with setup? What does that look like? Yeah. So we do full orientations for all of our speakers mm-hmm. and we go through every piece of everything with them mm-hmm. and making sure that they're set up properly, making sure that they have the right mic. If we need to, we're going to send stuff to you because yeah. like I said, we want everybody to be up leveled. We don't want to have one speaker that has an amazing setup and then the next one looks like they just came in off the street. We, <laughs> we need to have a cohesive show. You're all on the same set, <laughs> even though you're at home. <laughs> so, as you mentioned earlier, you, you dealt with 30 before now coming second second time around, 15. Mm-hmm. Is it the same? Is 15 coming from that original 30? Um, I think what she told me, um, she hasn't sent me the names of the speakers yet, but I mm-hmm. think that there are 15 different speakers Wow. Okay. what she had last year because there were some people that she really, really wanted and couldn't get last year. And so mm-hmm. she's like, I have hand chosen, hand picked. <laughs> so so I, it's, it's, uh, I think it's 15 different speakers, but, um, but yeah, we are, we are really taking care of every aspect of that for them. In fact, I'm thinking about, um, one of the speakers from that STEM conference that I mentioned mm-hmm. is he is the dean of one of the schools um, at Chicago State University. And um, he was really he's my star pupil is what I like to say, because he came to the orientation. We have several meetings with the speakers to make sure, you know, after that first meeting, everything, I'm going to meet you again. And if I have to, I'll meet you one on one to really make sure that all the pieces are coming together for you. And I had told him, you know, about green screen backgrounds, which I'm not I'm not a fan of for most people because most people aren't willing to get the actual setup correct mm-hmm. for what it takes to do a virtual background. And so 
Um, but he took everything into account that I said. And by the time we got to that event, he went from kind of blending in, you know, with his brown skin up against a brown wall. He was just kind of fallen away and we couldn't really see him and what was going on. It was just kind of bland. He went out and bought the microphone <laughs> he saw that I was using, which is this one. He went and bought the microphone. He got a green screen that I had suggested and got all the lights. He had set himself up so well that he used, we created a virtual background for the attendees to use if they wanted to, because that was something they wanted. And he got, we had a dark background for their conference. It was like black with like blue because it was STEM and, you know, science -y kind of a thing. He was wearing a black suit against this black background and he did so well with what I did with what I showed him that he was popping off that. I said, you better go ahead with brown skin with a black suit on a black background and let me see you. All of you. <laughs> that works then, huh? <laughs> you're going to have to do a how-to video um, uh, on YouTube or on LinkedIn and, and just give, give people tips because... Uh, this is a space where we need help. We need. Yeah, like, I, I'm really for using your natural background if you if you can. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't take that much. I know sometimes people feel that you know, it's too messy, and I just can't. I can't deal with it. But I, I have a feeling you could probably find a space that if you you know just pick up the sock or put away the ironing board. We had somebody that I had to say, just, can you make sure that ironing board? not there for the event she's like oh oh i do have an ironing board <laughs> it, it's what you said because i'm in my office i'm looking at it it's off over there it's not behind me <laughs> it's not an ironing board sitting right there <laughs> oh, <that's hilarious. laughs> appreciate it charles for you joining man first time so yeah that's hilarious that's hilarious <laughs> Yeah, we, we just never know what's going to happen in the background and people even from Right, even from an interview standpoint, people don't know, but I've seen interviews on LinkedIn where these were, you know, startup company CEO in the tech space interviewing someone, you know, pretty prominent in that space. Mm -hmm. You see the bed half made, boxes of sneakers. I'm like, is he kidding? Like, and the dude was in California, so I get it. They're paying a lot of money for a, a small space, but I'm like, he couldn't even just put up a, a, a black sheet or a white sheet. Yeah. Tack it to the wall so you couldn't see the background. It was hilarious. Yeah. Just make the bed. Just something. That. Just, just make the bed. As we told one presenter who had he had a printer in his background. You know how sometimes your printer can I just you just haven't dealt with the papers that are on your printer. Yeah. Was, I was like, can you just just straighten it? Just straighten up those papers. That's all I need you to do. I don't, you don't have to move the printer, you have to take it out of the picture. Just straighten up the papers. That's all uh, I want you to do. <laughs> it's funny yeah because you you immediately i think every time now that we're so heavy in this virtual space that the moment we see something we're checking out the background right we're seeing if nice bookshelf or colored background and you're like oh wow so every we all start to think man i need a background like that that has more depth that looks more put together or clean whatever it is but when we see a crazy one we're like what is going on here yeah <laughs> Exactly. You don't want the you this time on screen mm -hmm. is is your first impression. Yeah. And you want to be remembered for your messy background? <laughs> Do you want to be remembered for because you thought you had a messy background and thought you should put on a green screen? Do you want to be remembered as the one that kept disappearing? 
because you didn't have a green screen set up properly, (laughs) (laughs) which is a lot of people. (laughs) Exactly. Talk talk to us about what what you have coming up with um, with projects. I think you mentioned a little bit earlier, but um, going to like, what do you what big things are coming next? Yeah. So right now we're working um, with another government. We're still, um, yes, Deborah, you remember for the right reasons. Yes. And amen. Hallelujah. Um, I, <laughs> I can't say exactly yet because we're actually finding out um, that was our last meeting, whether or not we can broadcast that this okay. is happening. So, um, but uh, it's a government organization. <laughs> in August <laughs> um, and then and that is uh, learning how to do business with that particular city that's what that event is about and um, then we have so August September in September is the the event with the Better Business Bureau um, October October is our hybrid event and with um, another organization and then we also have a gala that we're doing for a nonprofit uh, in out of Delaware. And the event is called Dancing with the Delaware Stars. I can actually say the name of that one. <laughs> and um, it is benefiting the Mom's House of Dover and the Boys and Girls Club of Delaware. And we're excited because we're going to be dancing online. It's going to be, you're going to want to show up for that. Oh, that's cool. It's going to be amazing. And you mentioned live stream. Do you live stream these events or no? Um, so, so typically these events are paid which okay. is why we don't live stream them. So um, you've got to get a ticket to mm-hmm. come on in and be a part of uh, most of the events that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the government event is not a paid event that I know of just yet. We're they're still working some things out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so most of the events that we're doing are, are, are things that you have to have a ticket for. So, so no, we don't live stream them. I think we've had maybe one or two events in the whole year and a half that we've been doing events that wasn't a paid event. Okay. So, and, and how early should a company reach out to you when they're planning the event? As soon as you can, like right now. Okay. <laughs> and it's not that it takes months and months to plan it. Like I said, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the government that we did, and this is the reason why this person, uh, the one that we're doing in November, I told you she was a repeat client from last year. We, she was a government event last year, but she learned, not that I want you to do this. I'm going to say this and I'm putting a caveat on it. Don't do this to me. Okay. <laughs> we can put a large event together in three weeks. Cause that's what we did for her government event. However, <laughs> Not so much for us. I mean, yes, for our sanity, we would prefer you not to make us put everything together in three weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, because she had, I think they had 15, 10 to 15 speakers for this particular um, one day event. And it really is about common courtesy. You're mm-hmm. asking people to come onto the stage and especially government people, you know, their calendars are full. Mm-hmm. You want them to get it together in three weeks? No, that was filled months ago. Right. <laughs> so, and now Ella's here saying that you have this rehearsal that you have to come to, this orientation that you have to go to, and this particular thing that you have to go to. So for common courtesy, right. if you've got more than you, 
speaking on the event <laughs> then um, at least three months because we're going to have that strategy session first and then I'm going to start reaching out to your speakers to say here's the timeline for you can you please put this on your calendar because mm -hmm. these dates are non-negotiable and how far in advance do you start the promotion of it and what platforms are you using for that yeah. So, so typically um, the client is promoting those events marketing wise. And if they need us to, we will show them some other ways to make some things happen. If they want a marketing team on it, then we can talk to them about that as well. Um, but typically our clients have been promoting the events themselves and haven't asked us to do the marketing, marketing side of it. Um, we are helping with the marketing for our gala that we're doing for the, um, the Dancing with the Delaware Stars and using their, their social media platforms because uh, that is free. <laughs> and really teaching them how to use those platforms to their fullest to get the return that they're looking for and reaching out to the list that they already have, because this isn't the first time that they've done this particular event. So that being said, the event that we did for my repeat client, government client last year for um, the city of Franklin in here in Ohio, um, for, uh, Franklin County Board of Commissions, that, that particular event was the first time that they've ever, ever, ever done any event because that, that organization was formed during the pandemic. So they had no list. They had they had nothing. They were expecting, they were grateful and hopeful for, for 40 people, 50 people to sign up for this event. I think they ended up having about two or 300 and 150 of those people actually showed up to the event. Wow. On Zoom? Yes. Wow. Holy cow. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. We so, don't play games over here. I, I, I see. I see. And so are you, do you offer or if you do, great. Um, or are you considering offering any uh, back end editing um, for like promotional future events like they may do the next time? Do you do any of that as well? Or So uh, that's a good question. Um, so we do, depending on uh what's happening for the event and how that event gets produced. Mm -hmm. um, we do typically do some light editing because if they're using our higher level package where we're producing everything on the, um, during the event with graphics and things like that, there's light editing that has to be done afterwards, you know, cut some things out and things like that. Um, and depending on how long their event is, that takes time. So if it's a three-day event, it's going to take us a little bit of time to go through all the hours of your footage to, to splice those pieces apart. But, um, but uh, yeah, they have that footage there, and they can use that in whatever way that they want after after the event is done because we're usually giving them that that footage to use yeah. at their disposal for the next time for in whatever reason that they want yeah. to use it. Got it. Got it. Two more questions. And I want to be mindful of your time. One, do you have different packages based on the the length of the event? Like if it's a four hour, six hour, like you said, you've done a three day event. Is it packaged that way or you a la carte package it based on what the customer is looking for? It really is based on the client and their event. Yeah. Um, I know that there are companies that have, here's the packaging for this particular size of, size of event with this many people and all those things. Um, and I consider doing that, uh, but we really do base it on, 
on the client's event and what their needs are because every client is different and every event needs different things. There are some similarities in some ways um, and then in other ways there just aren't. Um, So we have to really take it on a case by case basis. Right. The similarity is that they all need you. So that's number one. Just that. that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond on virtual events, they, they just need you. <laughs> so last question is, um, share with organizations and folks, you know, people that are employees that may take it back to their corporation. What are some tips of on why they should hire you, basically? Like, hey, if you're an organization that's doing X or struggling with X, here's, here's why you know, beyond events, uh, beyond virtual events is the organization for you. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest reasons um, I'm thinking back to uh, a client, an organization, they are a lawyer organization mm-hmm. and the event planner of that organization who called me said, um, you know, she's used to planning events. She's the event planner for, for the, the nationwide organization, mm-hmm. but that was in person. Mm-hmm. She, did not she had many other duties besides just planning the event. So she did not have the time or the desire to figure out how to make this press conference that we were doing for them an hour long press conference for them, how to make that happen. And uh, when, after we did their press conference, their budget didn't allow for us to do their three day training conference that was happening uh, two weeks later. They hadn't made a decision and they finally made a decision after the press conference that their budget didn't allow it. And they told her that she was going to have to do it. She was almost in tears because <laughs> she was like, I don't know. So we actually created a training for her and for people like her that had no clue <laughs> how to make that virtual event happen. And it goes beyond. It's, it's not one. I haven't trained on how to do all the bells and whistles because at that point, that's not really what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, because that there are other there are so many other things that could be done, but I give you the foundation of how to make that event run smoothly, how to make everything feel connected, take you to your end goal. It's a purposeful event, and people actually want to have the event again. And she told me mm-hmm. afterwards, she said, um, she was like, "Oh my god, this it saved everything having that training with you." So, um, so yeah. I hope I answered the question. You did. So are you thinking about together maybe a course? The course is done. Oh. I built it when she asked for it. <laughs> was it just for her or is it something that you can promote? It, it was just for her, but now it's done. So it's there waiting for anyone to, to have it. So they can reach out to me if you'd like to get access to it. Um, but it's called How to Rock Your Virtual Events. And it's basically the foundation of the Encore Method. Love it. Love it. That's powerful. That's powerful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ella. I want to be, again, mindful of your time. Thank you so much again uh, for coming on with your, uh, just being authentic, just being you, uh, your excitement, that Disney background is shining through. (laughs) (laughs) I I would love to be a fly on the wall on one of your events. Um, I'm not sure if you can sneak me in one time. I will sneak you in. Let me see if I can sneak you into the one in August. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. I'll, I'll be a virtual, you know, uh, I don't know, producer assistant something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Exactly. Oh, right. we'll, do we'll do that. Uh, but don't go away. But uh, I'm going to just close this out with a video. 
But again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, please, folks, uh, follow. Uh, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Yeah. Firstly, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we could finally do this. And you can find me here on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Ella Glasgow on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Ella Glasgow Binion on Facebook. You can go to our Facebook business page, which is Beyond Virtual Events on Facebook. And you can also go directly to our website, beyondvirtualevents.com. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, look this young lady up. She is tremendous. Always always exciting to talk to. I think you just, just coming in your presence, someone, your spirit will change. So you know that the event that you're going to give them is going to be exponential, like 10 times that. So I'm, I'm excited for where your company is going to go. I look forward to, you know, sneaking into that August event. We'll work on that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing you on the Forbes list. Thank you. And shoot me a message. I saw just saw Deborah's comment. Sorry. Just shoot me, shoot me a message at any one of those places and, and we can chat about your event. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Don't go away, but appreciate your time and we'll we'll see you next week, folks. Thank you.